0: Hello everybody, this is Mike. Uh, I am a detective in the you know, the center of the country in Colorado. I have 30 years of law enforcement experience and this podcast is What Cops Know. Today we're going to do a little bit of a, uh, additional information on the Kim Potter trial that's, that's currently going on. And if you remember, Kim Potter is the officer who uh, said taser, 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 and then wound up. Uh, firing her firearm instead of her taser. So the uh, person she shot was a gentleman named Dante Wright and uh, he ultimately died from his wounds. Uh, I've done a previous podcast on this topic, but I wanted to kind of correct some things and, and add some additional information, a little bit of clarification. So um, the charges against Kim Potter well, I mean, let me give you basically a, a an overview or a background on the case. Uh, Kim Potter was a field training officer. Her trainee pulled over a car. Uh, She uh, and her trainee approached the vehicle, uh, determined that the person in the vehicle uh, does not have a driver's license. The car is not insured. He has a warrant for a weapons violation on a, uh, I believe it was a gross misdemeanor, and he has a restraining order restraining him from contact from a specific female. Uh, there is a female in the car with him who at this point is not identified. Kim Potter's uh, trainee, Officer Lucky, uh, determines that he's going to arrest the, the party for the warrant, which a warrant is an instruction or a command by the courts to immediately arrest or detain this person upon contact with them. So he uh, goes to arrest uh, Mr. Wright. An additional officer has arrived at that point to act as their backup. Um, that officer uh, named Sergeant Johnson is standing on the passenger side of the vehicle. Uh, officer Lucky, the trainee, pulls the uh, Mr. Wright or instructs him to get out of the vehicle they advise him he's under arrest, and as Officer Lucky is attempting to handcuff Mr. Wright, he begins to resist. Gets back in the vehicle, um, and as uh, they could, they struggle with him. He continues to resist. Uh, Sergeant Johnson opens the passenger door of the vehicle, reaches across the uh, female passenger who's seated in the vehicle, and prevents Mr. Wright from placing the Vehicle in drive by uh, holding the column mounted shifter uh, forward in the park position. Um, Officer Lucky is attempting to pull the individual back out of the vehicle. Uh, Officer Potter comes around to Officer Lucky's uh, left side, so basically they're on the driver's side of the vehicle, facing into the vehicle. She's between Officer Lucky and the door. Officer Lucky is standing kind of by the door frame. Trying to pull the individual out. Uh, Officer Potter says, I'll tase you, I'll tase you. She draws her firearm, not her taser, and uh, then yells, taser, taser, taser. Fires the firearm once. It strikes uh, Mr. Wright in the chest. Uh, As I understand, it actually punctured both lungs and his heart. Uh, at that point, the other officers had backed off to allow her to tase the individual. He's able to get the car into drive and then drives uh, away at a high speed, uh, striking a, another couple, and then uh, about a block or so away, crashing the vehicle. Uh, Mr. Wright uh, dies from his wounds shortly thereafter. Uh, Officer Potter, upon realizing that she shot uh, Mr. Wright, goes basically into hysterics saying I shot him I shot him I'm going to prison she's rolling on the ground uh, on the side of the road uh hysterically crying saying she's she shot him and you know just just uh in shock that uh what she had in her hand was her firearm and not her taser so the uh charges that they decided to bring against uh, Officer Potter initially was second-degree manslaughter. Uh, Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison then decided to add first-degree manslaughter. We're going to go over those charges a little bit to determine if um, Officer, Officer Potter, or to help us determine if Officer Potter should be held uh, criminally culpable for that uh, situation. It should be noted here that it does not appear that the prosecution, which at this point has rested its case, is trying to say that Officer Potter purposely drew her firearm instead of her taser. Uh, it it appears that they're saying she should have known better, but not that she did it on purpose. So the first charge, first degree manslaughter uh, is as follows. Whoever does any of the following is guilty of manslaughter in the first degree and may be sentenced to or imprisoned prison for not more than 16 years, or to payment of a fine of not more than 30000 or both. Uh, subsection 1. Intentionally causes the death of another person in the heat of passion provoked by such words or acts of another as would provoke a person of ordinary self-control under like circumstances, providing that the crying of a child does not constitute provocation. So just to... Kind of stop and look at that one before we move on to the next one. Intentionally causes the death of another person in the heat of passion. Um, There's no indication that Officer Potter intentionally caused Mr. Wright's death. Uh, Every indication is that the situation was actually a, a tragic accident. So the intentionality, I think, probably eliminates subsection one. Subsection 2 says, violates section 609.224 and causes the death of another or causes the death uh, of another in committing or attempting to commit a misdemeanor or gross misdemeanor offense with such force and violence that death of or great bodily harm to any person is reasonably foreseeable and murder in the first or second degree is not committed. So six oh nine two two four is, bear with me, I believe the fifth degree uh, assault statute, which says whoever does any of the following commits an assault and is guilty of a misdemeanor. One commits an act with intent to cause fear or in another of imminent bodily harm or death two intentionally inflicts or attempts to inflict bodily harm on another. Um, And then there's some additional like uh, sentencing enhancers and so forth, um, which deal with firearms. So uh, in this situation, when we look at uh, the statute, it requires that a person is committing an assault in the fifth degree uh, with intent to cause fear uh, in another of immediate bodily harm or death. That basically uh, could be the case here. However, if Officer Potter was justified in her police role uh, to use her taser, then that would take away uh, the culpability for this uh, this part of the statute. um uh, for both of these because an officer can commit assault uh, in the performance of his or her duties uh, as part of the uh, uh, Granby-Connor decision and and basically decisions uh, throughout the courts which generally mirror in the states the Supreme Court Granby-Connor so violates subsection six oh nine two two four, and causes the death um, would not apply now there's an or which says attempted to commit a misdemeanor gross misdemeanor offense uh, with such force and violence that death or great bodily harm was reasonably foreseeable however she if she thought her she was using her taser great bodily harm was not reasonably foreseeable Uh, subsection three says intentionally causes the death of another because the actor is coerced by threats made by someone other than the actor's co-conspirator and which caused the actor reasonably to believe that the act performed by the actor is the only means of preventing imminent death to the actor or another. So basically, if you're coerced to um, kill somebody, then it's uh, manslaughter, first degree manslaughter. Uh, subsection 4, proximately causes the death of another without intent or causes death by directly or indirectly unlawfully selling, giving away, bartering, delivering, exchanging. Uh, basically drugs, so that doesn't apply. Subjection 5 causes the death of another in committing or attempting to commit a violation of uh, section 609.377, malicious punishment of a child. Obviously that's not the case here. So then we get into second-degree manslaughter. A person causes the death of another by any of the following means is guilty of manslaughter in the second degree and may be sentenced to imprisonment for not more than 10 years or to payment of a fine of not more than $20,000 or both. Subsection 1, by the person's culpable negligence, whereby the person creates an unreasonable risk and consciously takes chances of causing death or great bodily harm to another. So she would have to have chosen to be negligent, which means she would have to have chosen to draw her firearm instead of her taser, to create an unreasonable risk and then consciously take a chance by pointing that firearm consciously at the person causing them death. Um, Again, this is a a state of mind, a mens rea statute, um, and based on the evidence in the video, it does not appear that she uh, purposely drew her firearm. Subsection 2 says, by shooting another with a firearm, Or any other dangerous weapon as a result of negligently believing the other to be a deer or other animal. So it's a uh, hunting situation. Subsection 3 says by setting a spring gun. Pitfall did. So some kind of a snare or something. uh, Some kind of a booby trap basically. Again, not uh, applicable. Subsection 4, by negligently or intentionally permitting any animal known by the person to be vicious. So that's not a not a concern. Subsection 5, by committing or attempting to commit violation of uh, 609-378, negligent or endangerment of a child. So again, not uh, applicable. So basically, both of these statutes require a state of mind, a mens rea, in order for uh, Officer Potter to be found guilty. Um Officer Potter had been carrying this taser set up for 10 shifts um, prior to this incident. Now she had carried a taser before, and it appears that uh she carried the taser in both cases in the same configuration, which um correction to my last blog was in a uh left-handed uh carry or left-handed draw configuration. So on the left side of her body uh she would draw with her weak hand. So that's the situation right now. It, it appears that the prosecution, uh, based on the trial, is trying to say that Officer Potter, um, by y- y- even using the taser, the uh, with him in the vehicle, if she tased him and he drove away, that uh, the if he was incapacitated by the taser, then uh, she would be purposely uh, recklessly placing others in danger um, unfortunately the the problem with that statute is twofold number one the vehicle wasn't in drive um, he was sitting in the vehicle <coughs> excuse me but he was not operating the vehicle and that it was not in motion and he was being prevented from doing so by the other officers um, there, so that's the problem the prosecution has In in that situation, the problem the prosecution has um, in the situation with uh, using the taser uh, as an assault, if they want to consider that an assault, unfortunately for for their case, uh, Officer Potter at that time was attempting to effect an arrest, and by attempting to effect that arrest, she has the authorization to use force so she is not guilty of any, any type of assault. Uh, the, the prosecution, uh, that had a, an expert witness who stated that, uh, Officer Potter would not have been authorized to use any kind of force in that situation. Uh, not, not the taser or a firearm. Uh, however, the, and this guy was a, a professor and had spent you know years in academia studying these things and he had been a, a police officer for five years with a relatively short amount of time as a, a patrol officer is my understanding and um so that was their expert and he said in his expert opinion that uh she was not authorized to use the taser or the firearm that you know she should have just uh They should have just let him go when he was, (coughs) when he started resisting. The defense put on an expert today who refuted that. And this guy is a 44 year actual police officer. He wrote the actual uh, International Association of Chiefs of Police model taser policy. Um, He's uh, done uh, police use of force instruction throughout the world. Uh, he's uh, pretty, pretty actual incredible resume. Uh, and he said not only was Officer Potter authorized to use the taser, but it would have been reasonable to use deadly force because the officers were engaged with Mr. Wright uh, kind of in the vehicle at, the, at that time or immediately around that time when she fired that shot and he was attempting to flee, in which case he would have uh, potentially cause serious bodily injury or death to the officers by uh, dragging or otherwise harming them with the vehicle. So that was today's expert. The, um, In my opinion, the expert for the prosecution was very arrogant. Uh, had very little street knowledge of law enforcement. Uh, I've seen him in other cases and found him to be not terribly... He actually comes across uh, as authoritative, but at the end of the day, he doesn't know what cops know. And so the gentleman uh, with, the, with the defense didn't have the uh, academic credentials necessarily, but he had the, the actual street experience. And um, use of force, uh, as I've covered in a previous podcast, has to be judged by um, objective reasonableness of a reasonable officer in a similar situation. So, uh, also, pretty much every other police officer that's been on the stand, both the, the prosecution and the defense's, <coughs> excuse me, the witnesses have all said that they felt that Officer Potter was justified in using uh, a taser at the very minimum and potentially even using deadly force Uh, because of the danger presented to the other officers so that's kind of where the kim potter trial stands right now if you uh, have questions or would like to uh, correct me on anything i'd be happy to hear it and i appreciate you taking the time to listen